You're wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things you feel love to hate, hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And my apologies for last weekend. <laughs> that was fully my fault. It was indeed. I I did all the prep work, I had all the stories, and then you were like, OMG, I forgot. And we just missed it. <laughs> yes. The, I was in the grips of the Tribeca Film Festival, yeah, which was so much fun. Truly, like the most fun thing I've ever done. At some point, we have to figure out a way to have you come to a film festival yeah. with me because I feel like you would also enjoy just like watching movies and going to parties and, you know, frantically yeah. running around to all these different theaters. It's a good time, but it's also very busy and publicists are emailing you constantly like, hey, we have this thing. Hey, do you want to come to this? Hey, you should come to this other thing. And then like stuff gets canceled. And you have to rebook it at other times. So it's very chaotic. And also, I think that if you were to, like, if I was to go to a film festival, like in Toronto or Telluride or something, mm-hmm. you're going and the only thing you're doing is the film festival. Right. But since Tribeca is in New York, it's like I'm trying to do all the film festival things, but then I'm also trying to do all of my regular life things as well. So it was just busy. But well, it is done. how was it? You know, like what were the give us the highlights? You don't think this is worthy of our pop culture roundup? No, what it definitely is. <laughs> the Tribeca story. Because this is my sense of Tribeca. Okay. Yes. I feel like it's the lesser of all the of all the film festivals. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of it. I mean, I think it's one of the newer festivals in mm, the lineup. Okay. And so basically there's two groupings of festivals as I see them. There's the fall festivals, which are Telluride, Venice, Toronto, and New York, which are all sort of like Oscar lead-ups. So most of the stuff that's coming out there are things that people want to have Oscar potential. And then there's the like winter-spring festivals of Sundance, South by Southwest, Cannes, and Tribeca, which are much... which are sort of more like indie kind of random things and sometimes stuff from those festivals translates over to awards but a lot of times it's smaller or more niche things yeah like can is a lot of like very highbrow international stuff like south by southwest tends to have more like horror and comedies and that kind of thing and tribeca is very very indie so like most of its stuff is really tiny and also usually tribeca is in april so i feel like it comes Mm. after it comes pretty quickly after sundance and south by southwest so i think it's sort of like overshadowed by them a little bit but because of covid it was moved to june this year and i think that ended up giving it a few more big movies because stuff that was that uh like um that distributors wanted to come out this summer they save for Tribeca this year whereas mm. normally I feel like they would have just not had it at a festival because there wasn't a festival in June right yeah because I I was obviously following your journey mm-hmm. um and a few of the movies that you mentioned I like saw on Hulu and streaming sites like the next day so I was like oh <laughs> so yeah. this isn't like <laughs> 
<laughs> you see this and then a year later it comes out. No, there was definitely a, a decent amount of stuff at the festival that already w- had a distributor. It was either coming out in theaters or um, was hitting a streaming platform like the Halftime, the Jennifer Lopez documentary yeah. was going to Netflix. Um, um, Jerry and Marge Go Large was going to Paramount Plus. Um, Leave the- No Trace is on yes. Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some other things are coming out in theaters shortly, like Vengeance, which is like the BJ Novak movie is coming out shortly, um, which I sort of actually liked. It's sort of a take, like a, a satire on like um, those like NPR shows where or like podcasts <laughs> where the like kind of snooty white liberal person goes to like backwoods America. And it's like, <laughs> these are people too, like that kind of energy. Um, and okay. also a little bit of a satire on like true crime documentaries mm, and how people mm. love them. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff. I also did see a lot of things that won't be out for a while or like smaller oh, okay, documentaries okay. and stuff, but because I was going for Buzz, on BuzzFeed's behalf, I tried to mostly see stuff that was going to be in stream on mm, streaming platforms okay, or okay. that people were going to have access to because, you know, it's like that's the stuff I'll be able to write about. Yeah. Like, like I saw a really good documentary called Subject, which is about the subjects of documentaries and how like being in a documentary affects their lives. And like that was really good and really, really interesting. But I don't think that has distribution right now. So it's like, OK, who knows when? You'll be able to get to see that. But mostly I was watching stuff that will be out in the near future. Highs and lows? A cherry in a pit? Um, I think so. Well, we'll get to my um, love it later, which is the high. I think like, honestly, there wasn't. I didn't see anything that I left the theater and thought, wow, that was terrible. But there were some things that sort of felt like kind of half finished or felt like, okay, had like a studio or something been involved, they maybe would have like cleaned up this script a lot. Like there was a movie that I saw called Drop, which has Anna Conkle from Pen15 in it. And it's Mm. a comedy and it's pretty funny. It's about this group of friends who goes on vacation and Anna Conkle and one of them has a baby and Anna Conkle at the airport is like holding the baby and then drops it on the ground. And it's all sort of about like the at like the falling out of this situation as everybody's like sort of nervous around her afterwards because she dropped the baby and like she feels bad about it, but then they don't want to make her feel bad about it. But it feels like it could have just used like a slight polish because there's certain parts where you're like, I think that could have been cut or we could have added something to this. <laughs> and it just felt a little like um, unfinished in yeah. places. But in general, it was good. And I loved getting to go around and like, you know, go to after parties and eat past hors d'oeuvres mm. and get free drinks and stuff. So it was a good time. Living the life, man. I know. I know. I think I might be able to go to Toronto in the fall. And I'm definitely will go to New York because that's here, obviously. So I'm sort of excited for this new um, film festival life I'm living. (laughs) Wow. We're going to have to do like a male grab bag Q&A episode. uh, Because I told you to do your question box on your Instagram and you only answered like three. So. I answered a decent amount, <laughs> so. but you sent you submitted like twenty questions, and I was I like, I questions. can't submit all of these. I mean, you can I ask them to questions. me now. Yeah, I don't remember. Do you have but, any pressing questions you no, want to no. ask? I I feel like there's a lot of news this week that was happening. Even oh my gosh, so many good York. stories. Yes, yes, so yes, much yes, yes. Wildness, 
I'm trying to remember even like what we missed. Like, I guess like Rebel I mean, Wilson was outed. Yes. Um, I feel like there's, the, there's one story that's obviously the main story that we need to talk about. Obviously. I'm trying to think. I'm just joking. <laughs> you know which story it is. Um, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen on tour? No. No. Nope. <laughs> it is that Lady Gaga might be in <laughs> The Joker 2, which is going to be a musical. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah. This news came out. So Joker, the Oscar nominated, Oscar winning <laughs> okay. film from well, a couple of years ago, which we hated. Yes. Um, I think that there had been like some talk of a sequel for it, but nothing like super concrete. And <sighs> it yeah. sort of felt like a little bit why, because this isn't, you know, a superhero movie in the same way that most superhero movies are. Um, but it came out last week that supposedly Lady Gaga is in talks to be in Joker 2, starring as Harley Quinn, the character made famous, of course, by Margot Robbie in The Suicide Squad. And that joker 2 is going to be some kind of musical <laughs> yeah honestly if it, i mean i respect that it completely isolates the original fan base of joker which were maybe the more problematic like incel adjacent culture of film bro and so now they have to contend with this weird twist which i i appreciate that wrestling but i think it also just highlights how Everyone was so quick to sing praises to what's his name, Todd Phillips or whatever, for this stroke of genius, this this great testament to our culture. When in reality, he was just making a film about his own like sad, I can't make mean jokes anymore journey. And it wasn't like a thoughtful piece of art. And so now that this is just like completely unrelated and another sort of weird genre choice, it just feels like, yeah, this was not. This was an emperor's wearing clothes situations, you know? Yeah. Um, the th- I get, like, it It makes, like, the pieces here individually make sense to me. As a project, it does not. Like, does it yeah. make sense that they would make a sequel to Joker? Yes, sort of. Does <laughs> it make sense that Lady Gaga would play Harley Quinn in a movie? Yes, that feels correct. Would Does it make sense that Lady Gaga would... To be in another musical, yes. But the three of those pieces together seems confusing to me. Because, like, is Joaquin Phoenix going to be singing in this movie? Is <laughs> is he not? In my mind, what I think might actually be happening is that it's not a musical. That it, she just is, like, will be contributing some songs to the soundtrack or something. But, or maybe but why she would sings, they but not... say that? Why would the rumor be it is a musical? Because she's starting things not musical. So it can't just be like, oh, Lady Gaga read for this. It must be a musical. So, like, it must be based on something, right? But, what, like, how would they all of a sudden just make the second one a musical when the first wasn't? And I don't think Joaquin Phoenix is a good singer normally. Like, has he been... I guess he was in... I guess he was in Walk he the Line. Rain, yeah. Um, so yeah. maybe he is. I think more he's musical. quirky. I think they appreciate that. I, I is Todd Phillips the one directing, or is it giving? Is it being handed off to someone else? I don't think we know that yet. Because it seems like. Do I think it would be something like in the Heights or something? No, it would probably be. It's definitely much calm. more moody. Yeah, but I think it'll be kind of campy, but not like your usual, you know, Batman and Robin style camp, but more like what's it? it it's like, I think they're trying to be 
I think audacious. it would put, I think it would be more like a star is born type musical energy oh, where it's where it's more like where Harley it, Quinn is a musician. Yes, I think <laughs> that I think it would have to be something more like that and that the music would be un, more understated. I can't no, see it being I like think a it would dance be a movie. Full, like a full musical moment like la la land like something where they have musical numbers and i think the reason they would do that is because they're just like they're trying to like the way i would see them pitching it is like well we did something no one thought could work before let's do it again in the opposite direction boom like let's have this these this i think it'll be like psychedelic like you know because it's about these two people who are you know it (laughs) <laughs> insane what? or the psychiatrist falls into insanity yeah and it's this like journey through the mental what uh, yeah what if it. what if it's more like across the universe or something where like yeah the where it's not a musical in like a normal sense but it's like right. the two of them are both sort of devolving so you get these like more musical like hallucinogenic kind yeah. of sequences. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's not like, like a full, full musical, but there's like five or six like songs <laughs> in it that are sort of like these weird dream scenes. I could see yeah. something like that more. Yeah, I think it'll... To me, the fact that the rumor even exists feels like it must be based on something, whether or not it comes to fruition, like whether or not that's a first storyboard idea that gets scrapped. I think at this moment, it is literally being penned or pitched as a musical because it's like it wouldn't make sense for that story to exist without it like it's so out there (laughs) and lady gaga as a i mean i think there's a musical element to it i just don't know how much the musical element is but i think that lady gaga playing harley quinn makes total sense that feels like something that she would think is a good idea it feels (laughs) like something that they would think is a good idea like obviously she likes being an actress she wants to do these sort of you know, big um, showy sort of roles. I can I can already see her on the campaign trail talking about how she, you know, lived in a, an asylum for two months to prepare for the role or, you know, who knows what. But yeah, I feel like I feel like I could see this happening. Yeah. Well, um, this isn't the next biggest story, but it did. <laughs> it did ruffle a few feathers. Uh Kim Kardashian wore the Marilyn Monroe dress on oh, the yes. Met Gala steps. Um, really just for a couple minutes on the bottom of the stairs and then she changed. Um, but at the time, a lot of like conservationists and costumers and designers were really ruffled by this because they're like, that's just disrespectful to this historic piece and this cultural moment. And it robs Marilyn Monroe's story and legacy. And it could also hurt the dress. And it's so delicate and it's a hundred years old, you know, blah, 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 blah. And everyone was like, oh, no big deal, whatever. And so now this last week, it came out that there seems to be significant damage to it. Like there's a side-by-side picture of like, the dress as it was being pulled up Kim Kardashian versus how it's displayed now back at Ripley's believe it or not and there's clearly like the zipper has been pulled there's a few like a handful of missing sequins and it just looks a little bit more uh older yeah (laughs) like rumpled disheveled Yeah. yeah and it that immediately like set Twitter and the internet ablaze because people are like, see, this is what we told you would happen. And it's kind of interesting because everyone wants to say like, oh, the legacy of this piece matters. But unfortunately, when you when you go to the highest bidder, 
such as Ripley's Believe It or Not, in Orlando or wherever, you know, they spent $5 million to get this dress. It was the most expensive dress ever sold at auction. And they're not like, they're not classic conservationists, right? Like they literally put things on display under harsh lights, let people take pictures, like whatever. It hasn't been taken care of in a long time. So it's kind of funny that now we're mad about it when in actuality it's been owned by people who clearly don't care or care to know how to take care of a costume like that. Like it's not like at the it's not like at the Met, you know? <laughs> but they had to come out with this kind of like passive aggressive um Q and A FAQ uh Instagram report uh, post where they're like, oh, we hear you. Kim Kardashian's walk has caused quite a stir, but one thing that it did not directly cause is a reported damage to this famous dress. And then they did like eight slides where they're like, <laughs> like answering these questions. And it's like, no, we're not responsible for this. And one of the questions is like, what the heck were you thinking? And it's like, oh, well, our mission is to both entertain and educate and sparking conversations like the discourse around this dress does just that. And then, like, it's just, like, the cheesiest kind of um, angry, like, mean girl vibe. Like, you you can't be mad at us. Like, oh, this is exactly what we wanted. We got the attention and, like, it's fine. And honestly, we didn't even pay her, so why are you mad at us? But it's, like, it just seems more and more. Did she pay them to wear the dress? No, no, no. She didn't pay them. She donated to a couple charities. Oh, okay. An undisclosed amount. But... I think the more like disturb, like I don't blame, I don't think we, you can point your pitchforks at Kim Kardashian per se, right? Like Ripley's was responsible for the for the dress, and they decided that this was worth it, and for them it probably was because they're a company who thrives on tourism, and so now they have this dress that people remember again and will come and see because oh my gosh, is it damaged from Kim Kardashian's butt, and so. It's like sad that it ended up there in the first place. Um, but it's also kind of like grimy of them to be like, well, now we've extended this dress's pop culture relevance because we kind of reset it because now it's all about Kim Kardashian. And it's like, well, that's kind of a bummer from Marilyn Monroe's legacy. Like whether or not a majority of people know more about Kim K than Marilyn Monroe at this point, it's like you just washed away. You, you just stepped in front of the original reason this dress was important and kind of wiped it out to add your little pencil of like, oh, we shoved Kim Kardashian into this for a two minute stunt at the Met Gala for some reason. And I don't care that you're mad about it because it made us money. See, okay. I have a, I have a number of <laughs> thoughts on this whole process. Okay. The first is that everybody online seems to be very upset about this dress being Yes. you know damaged and i feel like yes there are people who are you know historians and fabric you know conservationists and such and they have all the right in the world to be upset about this yeah. the average person knows nothing about these things and <laughs> is all of a sudden upset and also i feel like could not have picked this dress out of a lineup prior <laughs> to two months ago like if you yes. had seen Kim Kardashian wearing this dress on the red carpet for the Met Gala, like what percent of the population would have looked at it and been like, ah, yes, that's the dress that Marilyn Monroe wore when she was serenading JFK. Like, I think very, very, very few people <laughs> would recognize this because like the, yeah, like I've watched that video before 
And it's in black and white, so you can't even see, like, the color of the dress. It just looks sparkly. And I feel like the much bigger part of that story is, like, she is singing so seductively to JFK, who she's having an affair with when he's cheating on Jackie O. It's like the dress itself is... right but it's but it's It's not like the the, it's not like the bjork dress where it was like the the story is the dress (laughs) it's like the story is this other thing and she just happens to be wearing the dress it's not even like the marilyn monroe um white uh dress with the the subway dress because that again it's like the moment is the dress this the moment is something else so to have all of these people like really upset about this i'm kind of like okay i think that people just like to be upset with Kim Kardashian more than they care about the actual like historicity of the fabric of this gown. There's definitely like a eagerness to the fury, but I think it's also sort of this righteous indignation that like, Oh, Kim Kardashian strikes again, because the thing people are noticing more and more about Kim and especially the Kardashians and especially Kim is that she doesn't, really have she is a borrower she constantly mimics steals appropriates and so i think it's more like you couldn't even come up with an original concept you just wanted to be seen as a marilyn monroe or you see yourself as a marilyn monroe so you're forcing this moment you know you're starving yourself to lose 15 pounds you're shoving yourself into a dress that doesn't fit and now it's ruined and for what because you wanted your 15 pictures on your little red carpet moment because you're constantly having to recreate yourself because now you've lost your stylist husband who introduced you to this new vibe and before that you were all like oh you had your butt implants and your curvaceous figure and and you were appropriating black culture and you're you you know using everything she's done is basically just seeing someone do it cooler and kind of stealing it and pretending she created it and so this dress becomes sort of this moment where it's like wow, here you go again, sliding into someone else's style, someone else who, in the grand scheme of things, mattered to a lot of people. And it's like, how dare you type thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of celebrities like are stealing stuff from other yes. people. It's just the Kim Kardashian is more noticeable and more yeah. famous than most people. So more people are scrutinizing her. Um, I don't like, ultimately, I sort of do feel like that this, like, if your goal was to like have people remember Marilyn Monroe and have people remember this moment and this dress, like, yes, this steals some of the limelight from her. But at the same time, I feel like it gives her back more limelight because I think most people on TikTok did not know about this moment at <laughs> all prior to this happening. Like, I feel like it's, I mean, it's not a niche thing, but it's definitely not something that's like regularly discussed um in general but i don't know like and also the yeah like the fact that it was at ripley's believe it or not already is a little bit like okay um like how much like this isn't a monet painting or something like it it, it's in florida at a tourist place like I, i don't know i like on one hand i'm sort of like sucks 
for the dress and you know <laughs> and that yeah, but at yeah, the yeah. same time i'm like i don't know i feel like most people just want to be upset with kim kardashian and this is the latest line of a things if you hey. want to be upset with her you can be <laughs> it's but i mean yeah uh, i let see me your ask, point I see who, your whoever point. is saying this like have you seen three marilyn monroe movies like yes. that's my question for everyone <laughs> it's like if you have not then please uh take a seat and i think yeah, most of twitter no, has it, not it's like they should own up to why they're mad because if it yes. is just you're mad that Kim Kardashian has no respect for something you didn't even know existed, like that's fine. But if you're trying to say like this dress is more important than you, like, yeah, you you probably should have known it existed beforehand. But I also don't know if I can agree with the idea that, oh, well, we're popularizing it. So we're doing it a favor type favor yeah. type thing. <laughs> I don't like I just don't know because at a certain point, like everything is involved in some sort of historical, like in history. Like, where do you draw the line between things? Well, that, like, I mean, can't Stonewall, the the movie, you know, that brought attention to something no one well, knew about. Yeah, and that was a bad. That was terrible. yeah, exactly. exactly. So I think that's how some people feel about this. Is like, yeah, sure, you could argue that now more people know about it, but at what cost? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, at well, what cost? But uh, like but the way we try it, to re. Yeah, the, it's like, but does is every <laughs> article of clothing worn at a, some sort of right. famous event? Like, should those all be preserved someplace? Yeah. Or is there a point where you're like, okay, we can't just be saving like hundreds right. of thousands of garments? Like, well, ironically, yes, there are certain things that like are, you know, I don't know. Anyway, right. like everything's worth. Yeah, yes. Ironically, Kim Kardashian also ruffled feathers when it when she revealed that she has a warehouse of 30,000 pieces of clothing that she's worn and she's cataloged and like preserved for her own, like every single outfit she's ever worn. And it's like, well, that's pretty wasteful, right? You have this entire warehouse. That's, you know, uh, uh, what's it yeah, called? Full like of clothes that no one's wearing and yeah. no one's wearing them and no one's going to care about what you wore to like the brunch on this random day where nothing happened. So it's like, why do you think that this is worthy of this hold right now? So yeah, it's it's an interesting piece of the celebrity uh, zeitgeist. So we'll see which dresses of Kim's end up. I mean, in honestly, I am sort of fascinated by that prospect of like yeah. <laughs> some sort of book or website or something. You know, like after she's died, that's just like a document of all of the different things she's worn <laughs> yeah. and sort of like I do think she's I, ready for. It. Yeah, I feel like that is sort of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just a just a few more decades probably and then that coffee table book will be ready to go. Um truly there's so many stories. Like Justin Bieber <laughs> has face paralysis. He had to cancel a bunch oh, yeah. of events because his half of his face won't move because he has uh da, 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 Ramsey Hunt syndrome. What about Leah Michelle? Leah Michelle is taking the place of Beanie Feldstein in Funny Girl on Broadway. Rumored, which, rumored. It's rumored, yet to be confirmed. Yes. Because uh, when they announced that Beanie Feldstein would be playing the role of Funny or of Fanny Rice, is that Fanny I, Price, Price, yes, in Funny Girl, the which I've never seen before, but oh really? Everybody not was upset about no, not oh. the movie, not the show, not anything. People were ups- were upset, not upset. I don't know. One of <laughs> Leah Michelle's famous songs on Glee is the yes. song from don't Funny Girl, Don't Rain on My Parade. So people thought that she would sort of be the natural fit. Um, well, they and gave to be to fair, Beanie. that was also a that was also a storyline in the later seasons of Glee's that she yes. was going to be on a revival of this. And I think in 2012 she was rumored to be on a revival, but the revival didn't end up happening. Yes, 
And then there was also the whole thing where Naya Rivera sang the song and some say better than her on it. Yeah. Also on Glee. <laughs> but the Beanie Feldstein version has gotten terrible reviews. Yeah. I think often because people think that Beanie was miscast and can't really sing as well. Yeah. So they are re... She is definitely leaving the show. Her and Jane Lynch are both leaving. So yeah. it's kind of like, are who will the replacements be? People are saying Leah Michelle because Leah Michelle isn't really doing anything at the moment. <laughs> except um, gunning except, for this role. <laughs> yes, and do and her Spring Awakening revival. Um, hmm. The real question is like, gun to your head, which do you select to watch? Funny Girl starring Leah Michelle. Or MJ the musical because both feel like they were straight from the devil to me. And I like, I haven't uh, heard anything about MJ. I thought it was semi well received. It's like well, a right, box it's, musical, right? But it's based on the life of yeah. Michael Jackson <laughs> and sort of a like isn't Michael Jackson great kind of way, right. neglecting the fact that he raped multiple uh, children. Yes, yeah. No, I think not I'd a song see... about that one. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'd rather see Leah Michelle because. I think it's an interesting choice because she's a controversial figure and a lot of that controversy revolves around this thirst for this specific role. So in some ways it feels like, wow, she's either going to blow it or she's going to nail it. And I think that's an interesting choice. And I also feel like Broadway would be smart to cast her because a lot of people might hate watch it, but a lot of people who wouldn't naturally see Funny Girl will go see it, you know? And also, I think that the sheer, like, desperateness that she will be exuding on stage (laughs) will kind of be entertaining to watch. Yeah, I think, I don't, you know, she's very unlikable. She's made sure she's unlikable. All of her cast has come out and said, you're pretty racist, you're pretty rude, you're not likable. And so, I don't necessarily want her to succeed, but I do think she's a talented singer, so it might work. But I think more than that, it would just be like, I wouldn't be able to look away of like, wow, she actually cl- made a deal with the devil and got here. <laughs> Full okay, circle can we, moment. Can we do like some rapid fire rounds just like on what oh, your okay, thoughts okay. are on these things? Because okay. I have a bunch of stories. Okay. Do we have any thoughts on the fact that we're doing a live action remake of Hercules? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, not into it. Okay. I'm interested. I'm interested to see who they get to play the muses, but I feel like inevitably they won't be people we want. Yeah, I mean maybe Beyonce. Beyonce people, have, I don't think Beyonce would do it because I think it. she just did a Disney project and she's and she's like, got a new she she's. <laughs> well, she's got a new album coming out as well, Renaissance, which we can talk. Which yes, I'm very right. excited about. Yes. The, the first track comes out at midnight tonight. So yeah, honestly, get hyped. I thought that was going to be the story you led with. I, I mean, I it's sort of, it is, but it's like not because there's really no news other than the fact right. that it's coming and it's supposed to be like sort of dancey, like disco kind of music. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Next thing. Kit Harrington is coming back. They're doing a Game of Thrones sequel about Wait, Jon Snow. I thought that had been a, I thought that had been in the works for a long time. There have been numerous Game of Thrones oh. sequels and prequels in the works <laughs> for years. A lot of them have been canceled. There is a Targaryen one that's coming out later this year that's a prequel, but this was just announced that Kit Harrington will be playing like Jon Snow and it's basically just like a follow-up to Game of Thrones. That's stupid. Yeah, I agree. Lame. Um, okay, next up we have the fact that um, Ryan Gosling is playing Ken and there was an image oh, released of him. Love it. I really do. I mean, we've known he's been casted, but I loved the image. I think it's 
it's campy. It's it's a vibe. I feel really excited about this. But it has been like it's coming out next year, like a year away. And it worries me that that hype's going to like wear people out. I'm sort of excited. I mean, I love Greta Gerwig. And I feel like the news about this just keeps getting like more and more sort of like campy unhinged, which I yeah. like they've cast all these people who look like Margot Robbie. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, they're doing a reality show based on Squid Game, mm. but people aren't dying. It's Will you watch? Like, did you miss the message? Did you miss? They're like, oh, this has the biggest, this has the biggest pot ever in a reality show. And it's like $4 million. And it's like, the this theme of that show is that capitalism is bad. Like, what are we doing? I just, I can't stand it. It made me mad. A corporations will always figure out a way to monetize anything even the fact that capitalism is bad and the fact that that this is like a week after netflix fired like half of their diversity hires it i mean these like people who had been mainly you know pitching writing and promoting shows about like with diverse casts and storylines is pretty disgusting because they lost a lot of money because no one likes them anymore and they're making horrible choices. And so the fact that they're funneling like $4 million into this show is really frustrating to me. Do you have any thoughts on the fact that the raccoon from everything everywhere all at once was actually a taxidermied raccoon, the body of a dead raccoon. That's sad to me. It is. That is a little sad to me. There's, there's a taxidermy like, exhibit at the natural history museum and some of them have like motors in them to do certain things like a rattlesnake will shake or a a woodpecker will peck and it just feels disrespectful to me like but is but is it respectful that that raccoon's life lives on in our history (laughs) this is really another kim kardashian dress moment (laughs) would the raccoon's body rather be like disintegrated into the earth i just think that's sad i don't know why i mean i get it but but why couldn't they have just made one like a fake one or computerized like i don't understand why it was a real one realism we're looking for realism in the film honestly probably because the film had a low budget and getting a taxidermied (laughs) raccoon was a lot cheaper okay i mean at least it was I don't know. Raccoons are a dime a dozen, I guess. But it just feels disrespectful. <laughs> do you have any other news or should we get to love it or hate it? <laughs> Let's do love it or hate it. Um, okay. One quick question before this. Did you see the movie Spiderhead on Netflix? I haven't yet. I was going Hemsworth? to. But then I was like, is this worth it? Is it well, worth it? I haven't watched it. But I saw a review that said it was Chris Hemsworth's best performance ever. And I was like, <laughs> okay, was ooh, <laughs> Vulture. <laughs> And I was like, should okay, I watch, watch this? It. Like, I had no desire, okay, but okay, I was. I'll I needed that. you to vet it for me. Okay, but anyways, okay. Um, what's your love it or hate it? Okay, um, well, I think we're going to do Elvis next week, but okay. I watched Lightyear this week, um, Yes, which we were originally thinking of doing, and my yeah, husband wanted to see it, it. He was a big Toy Story fan. I hadn't been excited about it since it was announced. I think most people were confused by it. Um, they couldn't figure out how to explain it to people. So there was confusion around whether poorly in the box. office. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was confusion about whether this meant that there was space travel in Andy's universe, or if it was a movie in Andy's universe, or if this was a real person or a toy or whatever. I thought it was teetering right above bad like it was i was gonna say just okay but i honestly think that might be giving a too generous a statement like it 
I just felt like it had no charm, no fun. And if they, they're like opening pitches in 1999, Andy went to see a movie. This was that movie. So they're like, okay, cleaning the lines up. This is what's happening. I almost wish they'd never, ever figured that out. And they just had a standalone light year film that had no grounding in our universe because it felt like if they're going to set that up, then this movie should be like a movie that would have come out in the 1990s. You know what I mean? Like it should have been a, I, I don't know, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger action-y type or something like Independence Day or or Jurassic Park even where it's like a campy, easy to recognize, easy to spot 1990s homage. But instead it was like just this really weird space... I, I don't even know if it's a space epic because he ends up getting trapped on this planet and it's like all about him wanting to get off the planet to continue being a space ranger. But the other confusing thing is that he's not the coolest character. Like if I was a kid watching that movie, I wouldn't want Buzz Lightyear. I'd want his sidekick, Socks the Cat. And what's ironic is going to Target, you see so many creations for Socks the Cat. And it's like, well, then you clearly didn't make a Lightyear movie that would inspire people to want to buy Lightyear because it's not even a cool movie about Lightyear. And so it was just like dull and unfunny and none of the cast was like giving me anything like Kiki Palmer and Taika Waititi are both in it, but they were just like, I don't know, held back. There was nothing like sparking off the screen and it just like the storyline didn't work. It was all kind of like too mature, but also not meaningful at all. And so I just didn't have a good time. It was too long, unspecial. And I felt like if they wanted to make it like this sort of meta moment, it would have been more fun to have like a straightforward action space movie instead of this weird moral messaging about like finding purpose or something in your family units. I don't the, even know. <laughs> the trailer made it look very boring. Like well, nothing about the trailer <laughs> made me want to see it. And so I haven't seen it yet. Cause I, the, yeah. the, 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 pr- the press screening was the same night as the JLo movie premiere. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'd rather go see the JLo documentary. Well, it did and- worse than Jurassic world. Like it did a horrible yes. in its opening weekend. Jurassic world still outdid it. I don't think anyone's he- going to it based on word of mouth. So I really think it'll just be well, dead in the water. Here's the other thing that no one is talking about with the Slayer movie. I don't know if you saw this, but back, I want to say, after Toy Story 2, they released a movie, which I don't know if it went to theaters or if it was just on DVD, that was like an animated cartoon about Buzz Lightyear. People have been bringing that up, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was, which I enjoyed and was good, but like the... The like I'm not exactly sure what the universe premise of that movie was like if it was like a b- based on the toy or if it was a bo- but anyways it feels like that movie would also somehow be in conversation with this universe of like yeah. the Buzz Lightyear that's actually in Toy Story and then this movie that the Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story was based off of and I'm confused as to how all of those fit together. And I think that Disney is probably just ignoring that. It was literally just a cash grab. Like they could have made a space ranger movie with the new space design, right? Like the only reason they decided to call it Lightyear is to capitalize off of a marketing and toys and Disney world characters they already have milling about. And so it's just, it feels dirty sitting there. It feels like you're part of the corporate machine that's just chugging out this totally 
uncreative juggernaut of a waste of time. And it just did not spark any joy for me. Mm. So, okay. or for my well, husband, who's a big Toy Story fan. So uh, maybe I won't go see it then. I think I have to. But it, I, like the thing, the jokes they try to force in there, it was just so weird. Like this, there was this whole bit about how he like time travels and because he's trying to get to hyperspeed anyways. And so he's in the future. It's only been a few days for him, but it's suddenly like 80 years later. And they've created sandwiches that are meat, bread, meat instead of bread, meat, bread. And it's like this whole like five minute skit. And it's supposed to be the funniest moment of the movie. And it was just like, this is as creative as you could get. This feels like it was generated by an AI like machine. KFC already did that. Good point. Well, Remember they had the sandwich that was two pieces of chicken. So in the 90s, it was a revolutionary joke that inspired KFC in Mm. 2020. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, what was what was your love it or hate it? My love it is a movie I saw at the festival, which is now out on Hulu called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. It is a Emma Thompson film. Um, basically she plays like a 60 something year old woman who her husband has died and she has only ever had sex with her husband. She's trying to sort of like figure out her sexual mojo, but she's sort of awkward and self-conscious and older and trying to like figure out how to make all of that work. So she ends up hiring a sex worker and basically the entire movie is her and the sex worker in a hotel suite. Um, and it's set over their like various meetings and, and her like sort of trying to get up the courage to do anything and him sort of like being very lovely and reassuring and sort of the two of them getting to know each other. It's sort of like, it's, uh, it's not pretty woman. Um, Cause it's less like rom-commy than that. And it's yeah. a little bit more, has a little bit more like sex therapy sort of feel to it as the two of them are talking about all of this stuff, but both of their performance, her and the, um, sex worker who is the young British guy who I'd never seen before are great. They're giving incredible performances. The film's writing is so good. I thought it was maybe based on a play because it's all sort of set in you know one location and it is sort of talky, but it's not. It's 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 not based on anything. It's original. And I just thought like it was so clever and charming, and I love the relationship between the two of them and the way that it talked about sex and the different aspects of that and the way that it talked about aging and our like relationships to our bodies it was just so like clever and poignant but also funny and very sweet and it's only like a little over 90 minutes so it's a really like short nice um like well put together movie it was easily the best thing i saw in the festival i have been telling everybody that they need to see it emma thompson should definitely get a best actress nomination for this role i'm a little bit concerned that they're dropping it on hulu now because it feels like they should have saved it for mm. award season if they wanted it to get anything. I feel like this might sort of fall in that, like, um, in the Heights sort of phase where it's like, oh, everybody loves it, but then we just, like, have forgotten about it by the time it comes to the award season. But it's very good and very worth watching. Um, it is very like rated R, but <laughs> it is a great film. Fair warning. Yeah. And no. you thought you were watching it, but you were I was not. 
<laughs> you tweeted about that and said it was second only to everything everywhere all at once. And then you tweeted about a promo package you got from another long named movie. And so I saw an ad for that long named movie on my TikTok and I was like, oh, it's streaming. So now I can watch it and see what Matt's talking about. <laughs> it was not that. But it was, it, I'll watch this one too because it is on Hulu and um, people do like it. Um, and I think it'll still stand a chance because it is still very awards baity by all, all looks. You know, it seems like that one with um, the old, the old actor with the, who was playing the oh the father yes yeah. it has so that it feels energy. like that yeah so i think it'll still be remembered especially for acting categories um but we'll see we'll see of course yeah. um but also contending for oscars <laughs> our episode this week on thursday is jurassic world dominion uh, people are saying best picture that's what best i'm hearing picture best soundtrack best acting all around original script <laughs> uh so we're excited to talk about that it's a real full circle moment for us as a podcast so can't wait to break it down and we've given you an extra week to see it so no excuses so everyone should have watched it we started with jurassic park fallen kingdom we are now covering (laughs) jurassic world dominion we'll be back on thursday dun 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 bye